Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we're brown, ambition, 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 ambition. Hey, 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 manager, how are you? Good morning. I'm morning. hanging have, in there. How are you? Good. We have some extra black on, on in black um, in black and brown ambition today. I mean, quadruple <laughs> the chocolate today. Quadruple the, yes. I'm so excited to have these guests on, y'all. Yes. Wait, these are old friends of yours, I feel like, but this is my first time meeting them, but it's an yes. honor. I know. Well, honestly, if you are listening, I can almost guarantee that you know Deval and Kadeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ellis's. Hey, hey. Yes. <laughs> favorite millennial married couple. First of all, they're both. I feel like it's not fair for the gene pool that both y'all are beautiful and got <laughs> yeah. this one had both married somebody ugly, so that way we could spread the well. But no, they were like, no, we gonna keep it all in the family. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. That means a lot. <laughs> The um, kids are absolutely beautiful. Thank you. They have a podcast themselves called Dead Ass with K and D that I've been on several times. And they have a new book called We Over Me, the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want from your relationship. And as of last week, they are New York Times best-selling authors. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the club. It's cute over here. (laughs) Thank you. you. We can finally join you in some aspect. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I'm just like really proud of y'all. I'm just so excited for you to be on here with us. Um, yes, thank you so much. Andy, well, you know, you don't know them. Any questions? In person. I've, But I've, of course I know y'all. Like, of course, I listen to Deadass. And wait, remind me, y'all got your start with a YouTube channel, right? Actually, we started with uh, Instagram. Instagram, Instagram yeah. started. Oh, so for the people who haven't ha- had the pleasure of meeting the Ellis's yet, tell us a little bit about how you got your start um, and how you came to the point where you were like, let's put this into a book. Our marriage, our relationship, these skills are so magic. Everyone needs to know these. Well, the funny thing is we, if you read the book, you'll realize that we're not even talking about how magical our skills are. We talk about how messed up we were when we first got together <laughs> okay. and how we kind of figured things out that worked for us. Mm-hmm. But it actually started on social media. Um, as many people know, uh, Kadeem is a host, a TV host, and I'm an actor. And since the first day we met in college and we talked about what our dreams were, our dreams were to be in front of the camera. Fast forward mm-hmm. about 10 years, we I had retired from the NFL and I was going on auditions. I had booked a bunch of national commercials and Kadeem was, Kadeem was doing some hosting. And I was on Power, which is my third time on primetime television. And I was with my son Jackson at the time, who was, I think, four. 
And he said, I come on TV and we we're all excited. My family's watching. And he goes, Daddy, you always have on that outfit when you're on TV. And I had on an orange jumpsuit because that was my third time playing a criminal on television. And it hurt because I was like, I was like, man, like here I am perpetuating the same stereotypes that I'm trying to eliminate with all of the work I do. I had a non-for-profit organization in Brooklyn who were helping young men get into college. So the very next day I had an audition for Blue Bloods. And I'm on, I'm going the audition and there are two lines. There's a line for an attorney and a doctor and there's a line for inmate one and two. Mm. Of course, I'm in there to audition for inmate one and two and I look on the line and there's nothing but black and brown men. Mm. So then I asked a question. I'm like, this is a co-starring role. I said, maybe if I just asked, they'll let me go into the other line so I can audition as an attorney or a doctor. And the lady was just like, no, you know, we have specific audition times for specific people. On that line, we're all white and Asian men. Mm. And I walked out. And Kadeem was like, man, that was a fast audition. And I was just like, I didn't do it. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And she's like, Deval, mm. you just walked out of the audition. I said, I can't continue to perpetuate the same stereotype. So she was like, well, what's your plan? I said, Instagram has just instituted 15 second videos. Mm. I'm going to write little 15 second like scenes for you and I. And we're going to map it out and have our own little social sitcom called The Ellis's. And I was like, okay. Why do you want to do that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just think about it. If we can show people that the black family exists, because at the time it was just me, her and Jackson, Mm -hmm. and we can show them what our love looked like. And it's just a regular black family Mm -hmm. from Brooklyn just grinding to make it through gentrification. And we had so many things that we could argue and debate about because we were coming from a man's standpoint and a woman's standpoint, and we were using relationships as our basis. Mm -hmm. And she was like, all right, if you see it, I'm with it. Started to do these little skits. Then Instagram turned into 60 second videos. And I was like, wow, I got 60 seconds instead of 15. Let's go. (laughs) It started to blow up. And as it started to blow up, the comment section started to be, you know, men and women starting to debate. Like, I understand DeVal's perspective. I understand Mm -hmm. Kadeem's perspective. And then that transitioned into the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then the podcast transitioned into uh, the YouTube series, The Ellis's, where we did 15-minute videos, which was a sitcom of our family. Mm -hmm. And then the next natural step was a book where we can actually write down all our thoughts and tell our story, which we call the Brooklyn Love Story. Mm-hmm. In its totality, mm-hmm. without being shortened by, you know, Twitter limits or s- small Instagram limits. So it just transitioned into a book and we wanted to tell our story and our narrative our way. Did you see that? So the one I, there was one, it was like, you guys went viral for, it was like this really cute picture, like, or maybe a series of pictures. The I don't remember. Tim's, the Tim's was picture. It the yeah, the Tim's, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that picture went viral. But right. then the, the, I didn't realize now, Deval, that it was you, but it was this hilarious skit um, Mandy, I don't know if you ever saw it, that like Kadeen was like not there and Deval had to like take the kids like yeah. for grocery shopping or something. Yeah. And he was like, how, how your mother gets you out the house? He's oh, like, God. where are your pants? <laughs> your pants again? It was her freaking la- I mean, the way I watched that like a hundred times to watch like this dad struggle with like taking the kids outside the house thinking like he would always be like, Kadeen, what takes you so long to get the kids ready? And when he had to do it himself, he could not believe that somehow she managed to do all of this. And he was like, I'm tired. I'm about to go back in. They hadn't even gone food shopping or wherever you're supposed to be going. Um, But that was the skit that like put me on to be like, wow, like, you know, I love that, that it was real. And you know, that 
this is what it looks like. That mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, um, moms make these miracles happen. They make them mm-hmm. seem so effortless that mm-hmm. like dads are like, it's, it can't be that hard until it's time for you to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he definitely understood after that. He was yeah. like, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> How many kids do y'all have today? So we four. have four total now. Our youngest Dakota is a year and about 15 months now. Then Jackson, mm-hmm. the oldest, is 11, soon to be 12. And then we have six. Oh, wow. Yeah, we in the middle. We in yeah, the thick of it. Yeah, in the thick of it. I have one and a half. Yes, I have a three year old, and I have a um, I have another one on the way in a couple months. Congratulations! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, and honestly, I'm like, oh, sorry. What'd you say? I said we won't be adding anyone to anything over here. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of four. So I'm like, uh, you know, part of me is like, I mean, I was number three, so I'm not trying to go all the way to four. I'm like, maybe the third. Be bad okay. But um, no, I'm my, my, my husband and I, our relationship, it's uh, and plus the pandemic and you guys have, you know, lived through that as a couple as well. I mean, how mm-hmm. do y'all see the dynamic of your marriage sort of changing from one to two to three to four <laughs> kids now? I feel like after a while, after... After three. No, it was after two. After, after two, two right. it was just after like, two, whatever. Yeah, it's just like, add another one, add another one, add another one. They'll figure it out. It's like a wolf Everybody's kind of like, oh, yeah. in the same direction after yeah. a while. And you hope for the best, you know? The nice thing yeah. with having the age difference that we have is that Jackson, who's now almost 12, mm-hmm. he's literally conducting himself like a grown man. Absolutely. Like, it's insane to see how responsible Absolutely. and how mature he is. And we're both the oldest of three. And we can yeah. see a lot of those similar qualities in him where we're like, oh, he's definitely a leader. He's a nurturer. So yeah. it's nice sometimes to kind of be like hey look out for your brother so since we travel a lot for work you know a lot of times we have parent guilt leaving because we're like oh my god we have to go again and you know but jackson literally like holds it down it's so funny we was having a conversation with deval and i i'm like you know text the driver and let him know that we don't need him anymore he has to come later to pick up someone else and jackson's like literally over here like texting between us the driver i got you don't worry about it no problem we were were in flight we we couldn't get to we couldn't (laughs) text because the driver didn't have an apple phone Mm. So we we like then we need somebody to get contact and we hit our eleven year old, send him the number yeah. and then he sends us the screenshot that he sent yeah. the driver. Hey yo, black, my dad said don't worry about coming. But it's funny how he's just so on it. Yeah. And, and I picture him; he's got like a head, like an earpiece on, Lord. <laughs> like a grown up like, boss baby now. Yeah. <laughs> While he's changing a diaper <laughs> in the background, really. and like making grilled cheese at the same time. It's so funny, but it, it's so, really dope to watch. Yeah. When you had that idea to start Instagram videos, like financially, I mean, what was the conversation like? Yeah. You know, I'm going to stop taking on these roles, which I know were not the best. And, and obviously, mm-hmm. we're super, you know, you're a pigeonholed, which is awful. But um, as a couple, how did y'all handle that financially? We have so many listeners who mm-hmm. um, are constantly asking us, right, Tiff, like, how do y'all manage your finances? And like, how do you, you know, get on the same page? And it's one thing to manage it when you're both got like nine to five jobs. Right. It's another thing when one of y'all is like, we're, I'm going to leap off this cliff. You down? Let's yeah. go. Oh, for sure. You know? One thing Deval knew that we could not not be was no starving artist family. Yeah. So I understand the fact that she want to be an actor. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm gung-ho about it. But how are we going to make this happen financially? Because at that point, yeah. um, what year was it? We moved the NFL, you, you retired. And right. then we moved back to New York yeah. and Brooklyn. And um, that's when we kind of had to start over again. So our story is a little 
interesting because it went from being broke in college to the value getting money in the NFL to us losing everything in the recession back in 2008 Mm -hmm. and then having to rebuild again. And the biggest thing is Mm -hmm. I've always had plans and I've always included Kadeen in my plans. On our very first date, Kadeen said to me, what do you want to do with your life? We were 18 years old sitting in my, my dorm room, my very first date, and Martin was on television. And I said, I want to do that. And she was like, what's that? And I said, I want to act. And this is the moment, realistically, when I, I knew I had a partner or someone different. Mm-hmm. She didn't laugh. She didn't get, how are you going to da da da? She said, okay, how are we going to get there? And it was the, how are we going to get there to me that was kind of intriguing. Like, wow. First of all, she didn't laugh. Second of all, she included herself in my dream, which made me in that moment feel like she believes in my dream as well, which made me feel good. So then I told her, I said, well, if I make it to the NFL and I make a practice squad, I can make a hundred. And this is at 18 now. I said, I can make a hundred thousand dollars in four months. We can put a down payment in the brownstone in Brooklyn. We can rent out the upstairs two floors. We can live in the basement part and we could, we don't have to be starving artists because the rent will cover the mortgage. And she was like, wow. At 18. At 18. And I was like, what? And she like, knew you had a good one. <laughs> but that's I was not talking about down payments at 18. <laughs> but the funny thing is that's the way my brain always works. So as I got to the NFL, of course, I bought property. I did all the right things. The recession hits and I get cut in the same three months. Like the recession hit that summer of 2008. I get cut in September 2008. So then for the next four months, we were trying to figure out where's this income going to come in because I had bought multiple properties and now I have no income coming in. The hurtful part about that, too, is just like we did all of the right things. Like he was so Mm -hmm. diligent, like his business acumen and his financial like acumen was so far beyond anything I had experienced. So I knew he was doing the right things. I was like, he's not throwing bands in the strip club. I (laughs) mean, you know, he's over here doing all the right things with his money. And then here we are back to square one. So when I decided to retire... I told Kay, I said, listen, give me some time. I will get us back to where we were when I was playing ball. And this is where the partnership comes in. And we wrote about this in the book. I said to Kadeem, I'm cut. We don't have insurance. All I need is for someone to have insurance. You're pregnant so that, to make sure that we can cover the baby and stuff like that. Kadeem took off her engagement ring, put it in her jewelry box, got on that B44 bus and went to the mall and said, I need a job. <laughs> and she, her, her biggest focus was getting a full-time job so that we can get insurance. So my answer to that question was anytime there was a financial issue, I never hit it. We talked about how we were going to get ourselves out of that financial situation together. She was never too, you know, too stuck up to to pull up her bootstraps and say, I'm going to go work. I worked as a substitute teacher. I worked as a color commentary on MSG Varsity. I did personal training. There was no job that was beneath me in order to provide for my family. And my wife felt the same way. Mm -hmm. So during those times, we just worked harder. We did multiple jobs, multiple tasks until we got to the point where we could say, you know what? I want autonomy over my time now. I'm going to quit this aspect and just focus on this. And Instagram was able to provide that for us when the brand partnership deal started to come in. So what are the conversations like now about money now that like you're off the struggle bus, you know, and you're like, so I'm curious, like, where are you? So it's like, you know, in the beginning, like so many new entrepreneurs, there's the struggle. And Mm. then there's a space where it's like, I'm kind of okay. And then there's a space where it's like, no, I'm solidly okay. Mm. And then hopefully there's a space where it's like, I'm beyond okay. I'm actually doing really well. So where are you in that space? And then how, how, how have the conversation shifted? Well, right now we're beyond okay. Okay. We're doing extremely well. I I like to say we live in abundance. Okay. And the first thing we do is we have a fiduciary responsibility to pay it forward. 
You know, I feel like no one should live in abundance without being being a gift to other people because this is a gift to us. So that's the first thing. The second thing is all about about wealth building now. How can we prepare our children to be in this space regardless of what happens to them in life? It doesn't matter if, I mean, of course, we want them to graduate from high school and go to college or learn a trade or do something. But I want to be able to have my children live freely on this planet. And that's what the goal is now. What things can we put in place to make sure our our children are okay? And it's funny, um, Tiffany and Mandy, because Deval for a long time had to school me on the financial world and how things work. I was not good with money. And not to say that I was a frivolous spender, but for example, Deval gave me or put me on his credit card a little bit after, what was it, the NFL? This was 2000, no, it was 2006. 2006. It was 2006. This, right. I, was a, I was a rookie in the NFL and I was trying to help her build a credit. Build credit, right? Because at this point, my parents yeah. hadn't really explained anything to me about credit or anything. So he right. added me onto his credit card. So I'm thinking, oh, I got like <laughs> money to spend. <laughs> and I could just pay it back at my leisure. And I didn't realize at the time I, you know, put the card up. I think it was like 15,000 15, was like the, the, the um, <laughs> was the max. And I was just making like small payments, like, oh, $25 a month, $25 a month, you know, not knowing yeah. anything about I'm doing it, adulting. Adults, right? <laughs> so there's that phase that we were in being broke again, going back to Brooklyn, yeah. having to rebuild. Even in the space that we're in now, I still sometimes move with caution, like, I don't want to buy this or oh, what's yeah. the budget for that? And Devout was like, my, 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 look at who we have here. <laughs> <laughs> the person that just used to be like, doop, doop, doop. I, I don't know if you guys have seen this, like a video going around a viral where someone has their Apple pair and they're like, bing, bing, bing. And it's like charging everything everywhere. And I just can't get used to that now because I'm still mm-hmm. living in this sense of fear sometimes like, yeah. What if it all gets snatched away, yes. you know, but um, Deval has helped kind of ease that anxiety in me and let me know like, okay, now we have certain things allotted, like the children will be okay. We'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. these people and things that we have in place will make it so that we're okay. Like you don't have to live like that. But also too, I feel like it's a more stressful environment, like that whole more money, more problems situation, mm-hmm. because now we are technically employing a large group of people to yeah. work for us, to help us create the content that we have. So now I'm thinking about how many people's livelihoods we're responsible for. And that's yeah. a different kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, it's like, it's not just about us. It's trying to help make sure that our people around us are also staying afloat. So that's an added layer of stress. Yeah. Like back in yeah. November, um, Deval had this breakdown, unlike anything I've seen before. Um, and I know he doesn't mind sharing it because he's no, spoken about it. it. Um, but he was filming his, uh, I think it was six season of sisters or Tima and uh, pretty much passed out on set. And when I spoke to him and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm in Jamaica at a wedding and I'm like, you know how, what's going on? And he's just like, Oh, I'm, you know, dehydrated. I'm really stressed out and whatnot. Um, And I said to him to that, like, if you don't feel well this weekend, maybe you can't make it to work on Monday. Like they're going to have to understand your health comes first. Mm -hmm. And he literally was like, no, like I have to go to work because I have to make this money because I have people I have to pay. And that was the main reason why he couldn't even take the time to get 100% back to himself health-wise because he had the stress of thinking about how many people we had that were depending on us. So that's another level of stress that you deal with in the financial space. No, yeah, I mean, Tiffany, you, you understand this. When you become your own company, you, you sort of become an economy for so many people. And when you become that economy, it only works as you work. Mm-hmm. And when you've... In, when you've entrusted people, you put it on them like, hey, I need you to help me 
help me make this happen. But also they've entrusted you. So it's like now they put their livelihoods and their dreams and stuff in your, pretty much in your lap and say, hey, as long as you work, I'm here to help facilitate that. But during that time, I didn't realize how much financially, how much pressure that would be on us financially. And we're at that point now, like I said, where we live in abundance and we always want to pay it forward and help people. But it is like a, a huge responsibility to make sure that we always bring in enough to make sure that we can put it back out there. Into the can I give you some some advice and feedback? Of course Please. you can, because you already know yeah. how. We <laughs> well, I, I was there. I was there. Look, Kadeem was like, girl, let me get my notebook. Right. So this is for so this is that's a stage in entrepreneurship that. You know, many of us reach, especially if we are the face of our brand. Like Mandy has her own business. She mm. teaches um, career and negotiating, especially to women. Um, and so in the beginning, yes, you are the face. First, it's just you, you know, because you're like, I ain't got money to pay nobody. So you do all the things. And then if you're fortunate, business grows, you bring on help. And then they're working side by side. Um, and then you get to a point where it's like, you literally, um, for many people, you have to work in order to provide for not just your family, but your business family. And that's where it gets tricky because, um, same, I had like, my blood pressure was through the roof. I mean, it was to the point where it was like, you finna have a heart attack, Tiffany, because you can't be no 160, 170 over 100. I mean, it was, I stopped taking my blood pressure. Like, um, I didn't have, I wasn't on medication, but the doctor was like, if you come back with this blood pressure like this again, I'm going to put you on medication. I gained like 30 pounds. The level, I was so stressed. I didn't know what it felt like not to be stressed. Yeah. You know, I used to tell myself I'm a morning person because I woke up every morning at four or 5 a.m. until I realized I'm not necessarily a morning person. It was anxiety. I could not sleep. Mm-hmm. Even in my dreams, I was working in my dream. I remember literally in my dreams on a computer. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. So... And it doesn't, it shouldn't have to take tragedy, but I knew like, uh, like a year or so before my husband passed away, I knew that something had to shift because I was declining mm. and I was trying to make these small little shifts and small little shifts and it wasn't really enough. And it wasn't until Jarrell passed away that I realized I have to make a huge sweeping change because you got to choose Tiffany. You either going to grieve over your health or grieve over your husband. Right. Because I just didn't have the capacity to do both. Yeah. And so I said, I need to get my health together. And one of the ways is I had to revamp the way I did business. Okay. That it doesn't, like now the way the business runs largely, it doesn't um, have to fully depend on me hitting the track. Okay. Because it at one point it was like, oh, if because I could not work for six months after he passed away. Mm-hmm. And I saw like a whole new side of people who I thought were down for whatever. When I could no longer dance, you know, dance the dance to make sure everybody ate. And so slowly but surely, I started to shift my business. I had to reduce some staff, you know. It wasn't pleasant, but I had to. And to shift the way, like I pivoted from the money has to come from Tiffany being there to what are other ways. So I'm in the the budget is in the business of uh, community and content. That's what I told my team. So how do we monetize the community? How do we monetize the content where it doesn't depend on me going out to speak? So even now we are in the middle of like this huge shift and pivot. Because right now it used to be 100% Tiffany. Now it's about 70, 60, 70% Tiffany. By the end of the year, my aim is 50%. By next year, 30%. But, but it has to be intentional or you right. will work yourself to the ground. Right. So the key in all things when it comes to, to business in particular, I've been talking to a lot of people this week, is that I call it you want to start to pre-pivot, 
Meaning you should be able to, in your business, look into the future and say, this is where this is headed. Sick, overwhelmed, overworked. So before we get there three years from now, what do I need to do now? Because you will have to pivot because your body is going to force you. But if I can pre-pivot, do it willingly, I can take my time and I can do so. And although it's hard and not everyone's going to be happy about it, but I can do so. So in three years, when the event happens or whatever, then I've already done the work or or the foundation or whatever it is that I'm needing to do. And so that's just for all business owners, for you too, Mandy. Is that ideally what you hope is that you bake this in to your mm-hmm. business model that you don't go so far that it's just like you, 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 you. And if you right. haven't, you know, you start, you have to ask yourself like, well, how do I want, what am I in the business of? How do I want my business to make money outside of me? What do I need to start do to, to, to start to integrate that into the business now? Cause mm-hmm. I promise you like a reckoning is coming if you don't, because if you pass that on set, the body keeps the score. It's like, yeah. I don't care what you're talking about that you find. I say you're not lay down. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, exactly That's literally what happened. You know? And so, so like I don't want that for um for anyone listening, and so yeah, I just and certainly we could talk offline about like some ideas, like you know, because I, I literally just meeting with my friend Lovey yesterday, and my friend Bozeman was like, "Can we talk?" Everyone is just like, "Can we talk?" Because I'm the queen of the pre pivot. Like, mm, let me get ahead of this thing before <laughs> yeah. it takes me out. Wait, this conversation is getting so juicy, but we got to take a break, pay some bills, you know. So we will be right back with Kadeen and Deval. Stay put. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. 
I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition, rocketmoney.com slash brown ambition. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back in black. Yeah, I mean, as a couple, like I... Listen, I mean, we were at my husband and I were at a friend's uh, a, fi- a friend, a couple friends house yesterday, and they were making pizzas. And like, it's really hard to not compare yourself to other couples, right? Mm. I don't know, for me, anyway, I try not to I've gotten there about not comparing my son to other kids. But I'm just like, wow, they've been making these pizzas. And I haven't heard either of them like snap or like, <laughs> you know, like, there's enough space in the kitchen for them. Like, what's wrong with us? <laughs> um, <laughs> But can y'all talk about like, I mean, and I'm sure in the book, you know, you talk about this too, how there are imperfect, not imperfections, but just the reality of being, you know, two strong, independent minded people in a relationship. Um, have there been moments where like one of y'all have wanted to go one way and the other, the other direction, and you were just like doing this tug of war and how you maybe navigated that? I don't think either of us is so strong in our thoughts that we're not willing to bend. It, mm-hmm. It's really like there's no power struggle here, nor is there uh, like forcing of one to be the leader and be right in that moment. I feel like whoever yeah. is better equipped in a certain moment to do whatever the task is, we do it. And if we feel strongly about something, we voice that and then we find a way to work around it. Because usually for the most part, I feel like we usually land in a space where Deval's like, Kadeen, I really don't care about this particular thing. If you care that much about it, go ahead and make a decision and I'm on rock with you. Yeah. I think we both respect each other enough to know that we're never going to lead each other too far astray. Right. And if we see it happening, we know how to reel each other back in. Um, but one thing, have we really struggled with anything much? Um, no, I think I think part I of think so. this kind of goes back to what Tiffany was saying. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm I love the pre-pivot. So I'm good at foreseeing when things I'm like something, something ain't right. That's why last year to me was an anomaly. But when it comes to us making decisions, it, there's no wrong decision. So if Kadeen is strong minded about something and, and say, for example, it goes in a direction that I don't foresee it being being positive or successful. I'm like, babe, how about we try this? And we we make move this way. Like, I don't it's no blame game. It doesn't matter who made the decision. This is the decision we're going because one of us is strong minded about it. And it works out perfectly. Bow, we celebrate it. If it don't, let's pivot before it gets too bad and move on. And I think that type of idea that there's no wrong decision or no bad decision allows us to not argue about what we're going to do. Because most of those arguments tend to be, well, you made the mistake. You made the decision. I, if we would have did it my way and in, in my mind, there is no my way. You know, we've been doing this together since 18. And I, when I say together, I mean, 
Right now may be the vow season because I'm on television and I'm the one who came up with Instagram and all this other stuff. But there was a point when it was Kadeen season and I had to just be the person to just rock with her. I was an All-American in college and she needed help with her white balance filming for her while she was working for, for News 12. Yeah. I got the camera on my shoulder. I got the paper out and I'm, I'm trying to do this because I have to play my part in her dream as well. So since we've been used to for 20 years, always playing our role in the other person's ideas of success, it's like, all right, well, what do you want to do? How are we going to do it together? And that's essentially how we came up with the title of the book, Sidebar. I was just about to say, we over me. Camera on his shoulder. Okay. Kyle, <laughs> you are aging us, my good man. We've been together that long. We've been together <laughs> this big. On right. his shoulder. On his shoulder. <laughs> HS, okay. <laughs> so we over me, if anyone's listening, whether they're single, partnered, married or whatever, what do you hope, like, what's like one of some key lessons that you hope people take away, you know, for their own lives, whether they're partnered or not? Well, the first thing is uh, with we over me, we hope that folks um, know that this is not like a relationship how-to book. I know mm -hmm. it kind of gets put under those categories, but we really didn't want it to be um, a book that people went to thinking like we were going to give them some outline of mm -hmm. what made the perfect marriage or the best relationship um, because we don't profess to have all the answers. What mm -hmm. we were hoping to do in the book is to just share a little bit about our love story, our journey, because a lot of times people will see us and they'll be like, oh my God, like, Kadeen, what was your prayer? Deval, what was your prayer? Or how did I get this Deval? How do I get Kadeen? And it's like, Kadeen and Deval, you see today is 20 years in the making. Mm -hmm. We didn't just wake up like this. You know? I'm reminding myself that I'm like, mm-hmm, they said 20 years. It's been <laughs> less than 10. Babes, like Maybe. how okay. long? Have been, how long you been with your husband? About ten, um, twenty twelve, like eleven years together, and married five. So I'll, I'll give you some insight real quick to the book. Okay, our first five years of marriage was terrible, Trash. like, <laughs> like so bad. Oh my god! Thank you. And okay. after, and you didn't have to deal with a pandemic. <laughs> no, this was no pandemic, and this was NFL. So it was like everything was bliss, free, you know, free college education, everything. And we had been together eight years before that. So we're telling you is that for the first 13 years of our of friendship slash courtship slash marriage, we were at each other, not not knowing how to do this thing. Mm -hmm. So and we like to tell people that because people will get into a relationship and after six months, like, ah, it shouldn't be this hard. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be bliss. And it's like 13 yeah. years it took for us to be like, wait a minute. I got to change my mindset if I want to be successful moving forward. And for Kadeem and I, we want people to understand that it's about choices, right? The first thing we say in the book is that you don't have to stay where you're not wanted or where you don't want to be. And it's okay to move forward. The biggest thing is we work because I make a choice to be here and she makes a choice to be here. The obligation to be there because of a title or because of children will put you in a trap where you feel like, your back's against the wall and creates more issues than anything else. The first step that I want to say to anybody is choose yourself. Make that choice to be like, you know, I want to be in this situation, whether it's monogamous, polygamous, like there's so many different lifestyles. Choose whichever one works for you. For us, monogamy works. For somebody else, it may not work. And it's okay to choose what you like. And once you make that choice, be ready to, to be a service to whoever you're in a relationship with. And that's really what we want people to understand. Make a choice to choose yourself. And if you want to be in a relationship, be of service to that person. Don't go to that relationship thinking 
this person better check all these boxes that I've created for this super imaginary person. And the first box they don't mm -hmm. check, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. How can you be of service to someone else in a relationship? That's what we really want. Right. That's why the subtitle mm -hmm. is the counterintuitive approach to getting everything you want out of your relationship. Because like the said, mm -hmm. typically you think about getting into a relationship and things, think about what you can gain from a person, right? This person has to have all these things for, in order for us to be in a relationship mm -hmm. where our approach, which we've learned over the years, that makes more sense and um, leaves us feeling like things are reciprocated is where we really tap into how we can be of service. So in the mornings, for example, I've learned to, you know, wake up, you know, think about my day, look over at DeVal and be like, hey, you know, what can I do today to make your day that much brighter? How mm -hmm. can I alleviate something off of your plate so that your stress level is a little bit reduced today? And just by doing that alone, I've realized that, wow, like freeing something up for him in turn lets him know that I care, A, B, makes his day that much lighter. And then C, he's probably more inclined to say, damn, Kay really thought about me this morning. What can I do to reciprocate that? Well, can you tell him how we got there? Because it wasn't yeah. like an epiphany. No. Yeah. I'm loving this is like Michelle Obama when she came out talking about yeah. 10 years of I forget if it was the first 10 years or there was a yeah. 10 year period of her and Barack's marriage. It's no, so it's important. Harsh. And I wonder if this is like something to, to note, too, because I mean, black love, you know, hashtag black love. There's now a series called black love. And have you guys been on that? You should be on that. Yeah. Um, you were on it. We were on season two. Mm -hmm. Oh, amazing. Okay. I'm like, duh. Because y'all are like the Randall and Beth in real life from this is us, <laughs> like real life Randall and Beth. But even they had their challenges. And I feel like it's important because, yes, we need more imagery of black love and like beautiful reciprocated relationships and full and complete relationships. We just don't, to your point about, you know, Hollywood and entertainment, we don't really see that um, so often. But at the same time, I don't know if we do ourselves a disservice if we don't also show the struggle and show the work. You know, that goes into that. So that's really great that you guys are sharing that. I'll, I'll stop now because I'm, I'm being poured into. So you can continue. Yeah. I'm going to say, you said, yeah. Cause, so yeah, Devon, how did you get, like, what was that five years in? And then there was a, a, a switch. Like, what happened? So there was a moment five years in, and this is 2016. Mm -hmm. 2016. Kadeen and I had already decided that we were going to, you know, this year was going to be our year we're going to have another child because we almost lost Kadeen having Jackson. She had a, a oh, cervical man. tear. She had a cervical tear having Jackson. She was bleeding out. She had to have emergency surgery. I had made a promise to God. I said, you know, if you get my wife through this, I would not have another child and I would cherish this woman and this child for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. That was my promise to God. And I was just like, I just want my wife to be okay. And Kadeen made it through. And I was like, I don't want any more kids. Five years later, Kadeen and I both decided like, you know what? If you feel comfortable, let's try to have another child. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, that was... That was 2015, actually. We were trying to get pregnant, and Kadeem wasn't getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So we had both made it. We were like, hey, listen, we're getting older. We should be in the best shape of our life. You almost died having the first child. You have to be in better shape. We got to work out together. We got to eat better. We got to get more sleep. Like We had we had pretty much said to each other these promises <coughs> that we were going to do to make sure this pregnancy was, was going to be better. And... Coming off of Christmas time, there was another financial issue. <laughs> the American Express bill was run up. Mm. Me and Kadeen had an argument about the American Express bill. Walk into the gym the next day. This is the, the, right after the American Express argument. And she was like, she's going to go work out. I go to work out. I'm training clients. I'm doing everything. At this point, Kadeen wasn't working full time because I had took on all that load so that she can relax. I'm getting ready to leave the gym. She still hadn't worked out. I snapped. Remember you talked about snapping? Mm -hmm. I snapped. 
You know what the problem is? You procrastinate too much. Every time I'm trying to get something done, it's always like I got to wait for you and wait for you and wait for you. I'm tired of waiting for you. You ran up the American Express bill. You're not working anymore. It's like you just, it was just, everything was just unloading, unloading, unloading. So now, if you know my wife, my wife is a very passionate Jamaican and Vincentian woman from Brooklyn. And she's coming back at me. We going back and forth. And this is how bad and toxic we are. We screaming at each other in the gym in my office, screaming and cursing, screaming and cursing. And I said to her, you know what? I think we need to get a divorce. And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, because you're effing lazy. Right? This is, I scream at my wife, you're effing lazy. She goes, I'm not effing lazy, DeVal. I'm effing pregnant. And I go, Damn, you had a trump card in your back pocket right. the so whole I go, time. And I'm sitting there. And oh, I go, make him feel like trash. So go ahead. Why don't you? I said, why don't you leave with that? Like, why? Why does it have more satisfying that way? Clearly, find a way to tell him because I'm like, man, we were trying for this baby on finally party. Like, what's what am I going to do to make it that much more special? And then I just couldn't hold it in that moment. I was like, yeah. And in that moment when I had egg on my face. I realized that, you know, I claim to be a provider and a protector because I made enough money to make sure my wife could be at home. If anybody got in my wife face, I'm willing to do whatever. I'm willing, that's what I thought my version of pro- providing and protecting. Mm-hmm. In that moment, I realized I wasn't providing and protecting anything. I wasn't there emotionally. I wasn't there spiritually. How did I not realize that my wife was going through a physiological change that she couldn't work out because she was having morning sickness? And I said to myself, how am I going to be there to advocate for my wife in the in the in the opportunity that something happens to her again during her pregnancy if I'm not paying attention? So I said to her in that moment, I said, Kadeem, from this point on, while you're pregnant, whatever you say, I got you. The answer is going to be yes. I'm going to be of service to make sure we get through this because it hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. I have to be aware of what my wife is going through in her entire body. I almost lost her once. And here I am only focused on what I think I need to do as a man that I'm not paying attention to the person that's most important to me. And then through that pregnancy, our relationship changed because I was so focused on being of service, being of service, being of service that Kadeem started to reciprocate in a way that had never happened in our relationship. And then the light bulb hit me. Boom. Why don't I do this when she's not pregnant? <laughs> and it was yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> Let me do this. Let me do this. But then there was another shift. And this is important. Kadena got so used to me being in service because she had got pregnant and then got pregnant again. That it was always about Kadeem, about Kadeem, about Kadeem. And Deval always saying to Kadeem, I'm fine. I got, I got it. it. I got it. And I wasn't yeah. okay. And during the pandemic, December 2020, we're getting ready to go into 2021. I looked at Kadena and I said, you know, it's been four years since We've had Cairo. And when you wake up in the morning, what's your first thing you think about? We have three kids now. Mm-hmm. She said, well, I got to make sure the kids get ready. I got to make sure I work out. I got to make sure I do this. I got to make sure this, the TV, da, 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 da. I said, do you realize that you mentioned everybody except me? Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I was honest with her about how that made me feel. Mm-hmm. I didn't just sit back on it and get resentful. Mm-hmm. I didn't do what men typically do, which is... I'll eat it. I'll deal with it on my own. I'm not going to say nothing. She better figure it out. I didn't do that. I told her exactly how it made me feel. And I told her what I wanted and what I needed. And I watched her go, wow, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't realize that I always put you on the back burner because you always say you're okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I realized when I told her, like, 
how could I expect her to know that if I always say, I'm fine, I'm good, when I'm not? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, our relationship changed again. It went from me servicing her to us always serving each other. And I got to be honest, there was a meme that I saw yesterday, and it was a woman who said, when's the last time, it was like a bunch of this, when's the last time you said to your man, I'm proud of you, baby. I love you, baby. Thank you, baby. Are you hungry, baby? And I looked at all these things and I said, you know, my wife says those things to me a lot. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't happening until I told her how it made me feel. And then she realized what I need because I told her what I need. And I think that's when our relationship changed. Yeah, for sure. Because I just expected him to understand. You know, I'm like, I'm an adult. You're an adult. We have 2.5, three kids at this time. You know, another yeah. one on the way. So I'm just, just like, yo, we're all in, we're in the mud, like, you know, you and I. Yeah. And I just expected DeVal to just be okay because he always said he was okay. And now I'm literally looking this man in his eyes, like, especially after his episode in November. I'm like, again, you're saying you're okay you're, and you're not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we practice that a lot more now. And I can see how this has been a big shift in our dynamic in our relationship, even as recently as like the past three, four months, yeah. you know, because I had Dakota, our last son, the year before that so yeah. back into the the thick of being pregnant so. It's so hard when you are um yeah I, this has been a really tough pregnancy for me and i'm so sorry that what you went through with um your pregnancy and also you're a badass for doing it three more times after that <laughs> um women are phenomenal but it is you know a lot of the attention is on us and our feelings and my attention is on me and my business and my son you know what i mean and um it's almost like it's it's it becomes at least challenging to have another to 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 and especially when you have a partner who is quite independent and has their own thing going on mm-hmm. you sometimes can feel like wait we're parallel like we're in the you said the mud we're in the mud together but like this is your mud lane and this is my mud lane mm-hmm. and it's like did you survive today yep did you survive yeah good night and like the the team huddle like that connection the bridge in the mud that's what we are working on i think because i mean and not that it's bad but it's just like what what we need right now i feel like is just to do what we can to just own what we have going on um and i think yeah i'm hoping that we could have a similar moment like that because um to it it matters you know it matters to have that time and to look into another person's eyes even if they are strong and we are the strongest of the strong right and well, remind man, them that you, you got them give yourself this grace you are pregnant right Kadeen was just pregnant Kadeen was pregnant last year Kadeen didn't want to be nowhere near me or anybody in this house like <laughs> what women have to understand what women have to understand that like your body goes through physiological changes and you're not going to feel like yourself. And I wish there were more edu- more educational resources for both men and women how to deal with pregnancy. Right. Because. Yeah. I, I, and this is this is Kadena and I who just wrote a book, New York Times bestseller. And everything. They must communicate great. While she was pregnant, I used to be like, yo, I have not. You haven't hugged me or kissed me in three days. Do you realize you've been in that bedroom by yourself? And she was just like, I know I just. I just don't feel like being around people, but I miss you. And and I'm just like, I I get it, babe. And I understand where you're coming from, but I'm just letting you know how it's making me feel. But that was 20 years in the making getting to that point. When she had those Mm -hmm. moments before, of course I felt bad, but I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to articulate it. So give yourself grace and give your husband grace and not knowing and understanding it's only been 10 years. And I know to people it sounds crazy, it's only been 10 years, they should know each other by 10 years. Mm-hmm. No, 
Like no. it takes time to constantly, you know, readjust yourself to see what your partner is going through. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And there's never a point in a marriage, because I can tell you right now, as great as we think our marriage is now, five years from now, when it gets even better, we're going to talk about this time and say, can you believe that's how we communicated then? <laughs> like, it's just a, it's an ongoing conversation of yeah. trying to be better for each other. So give yourself grace and understand this. When, whenever we do the live shows, I talk about pregnancy for women and postpartum pregnancy, because this is the truth. The most disciplined human beings in the world, in all of the armed forces, the Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers, the Marine Corps, you know what they train the hardest to deal with? Sleep deprivation. Mm. Can you imagine that the, the most disciplined people in the world have to train to deal with sleep deprivation? But we expect mothers and expecting mothers to know how to deal with this in real time with no training and balance being a new mom and a wife or a girlfriend and a career and a house. It's damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. So you have to give yourself grace and I think more men should be educated on giving women grace because I was the same imbecile that told my wife six months, six weeks after having our first child, you acting like you the first ba- first woman to have a baby. Oh What'd you say quiet for? <laughs> okay, you breastfeeding, okay. my mother breastfeed, breastfeed three babies. Ooh, you, still allowed to play, you still allowed to um <laughs> this is this is okay. why we tell So you're still oh, just a real man inside. Okay, got it, got okay. it, got it. Yes, not, <laughs> just a regular, regular man. Got it. Yes. <laughs> I'm a regular, regular man who doesn't know and understand. Like yeah, that's I why that. I like telling the stories <laughs> because it took me four pregnancies yeah. to be like, damn, I wish I was a better partner. And it's probably because mothers do the same thing is like we're super people we don't want to admit that we're hurting we don't tell that story mm-hmm. it's sure. become really hard for it's hard when um and it's also hard to see your partner who you know we met when i was 25 he was in his mid-20s too change and i'm not physically the person i was even a year ago mm-hmm. i can't keep up when we're walking i'm like <gasps> slow down you know, and I, you know, running around after a toddler and all that, but it's, it's, I can see him being like, okay, she's different now. And almost a little bit like fearful or anxious. Like, is this going to be forever? Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. this, and, and I feel like, yeah, but um, that really resonates with me. And I, I, I hope he gets the there too. I and I used to practice was what we call radical transparency, that if it comes mm-hmm. up, it comes out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, because yep. I just, I was, I was a terrible communicator. And like, he just was mm. always like, he he was really good at saying how he felt, but mm. he was also from the hood. So sometimes I'm like, not with that tone, sir. Girl, <laughs> this is not, this is not um, uh, 3B in the projects. Like what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but I like that radical transparency. Yes. So it was like, if it comes up, it comes out. Like the honesty yes. is brutal. Just yes. Like and, like, but, but I learned, I've, I mean, I'm so much better at it now that if something is wrong, because I was the, the queen of holding it and then three months later, because that time, it's like from three months ago, yeah. why yeah. did you say something? And then you build it. Mm-hmm. It's like you're dragging it around. It's, ca- it's gathering dust mm-hmm. and dirt and debris. And then you throw it in their face and you're like, you should have known. It's like, how could I have known that? Yep. Yep. You know, how could that I have is, known that? And so yeah. now with everyone, Therapy has helped tremendously. I yep. practice radical t- transparency, which is if it comes up, you know, I would say 90% of the time it comes out because if that's the lightest time you'll ever have. Like, yes. hey, babe, you know, when you said that thing, it actually hurt my feelings. Yep. You know, like, or, you know, I don't like when you say that when my friends are around, you know, yep. and learning to like receive it yes. without the initial, because I'm very defensive. I have four <laughs> sisters, so, you know, we could scrap. I'm like, first of all, girl, well, we can't, you know, yeah. so I learned to be like, 
receive it. Because what I'm really feeling is not, it's not really anger. It's shame because I know I'm wrong. Instead yes. of fighting toward that, it's like, okay, I can see that. Okay. And I can I get the, I get the, I call it the, the um, post-socialization debrief. I'm the chatty one in the relationship. So I, I, he, he gets away with a lot because he doesn't say that much. So I can get myself in trouble. And then after we hang out with other people, I'll get in the car and you get in the car and you have that moment. And I'm just like, what did I say? That was, uh, you know, that hurt your feelings. <laughs> it's like, you actually started to tell me. And he's like, Good. and I was so defensive. Yes. But now I've just gotten better saying, I really didn't mean to. And it's just, I'm like, damn it. Why can't I, why do I do this? You know, but you know, I don't want to be that way, but it's, yeah, but it's, it's definitely helps to get over things. Yes. Um, and I will say that's growth for us too, that he's even communicating that kind of stuff. And creating a safe space that people can tell you about yourself, Yes, you know, and even maybe <laughs> yeah. in the moment, like me and Jarrell after a while came up with like signals. If I was doing too much, you know, he would just be like, I'm like, oh, oh, it's like basically like tell all my business. Like real thing in. It's like and wrapping it up. So <laughs> So you know that way because sometimes, you know, you don't realize and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and so like creating these kind of like tools, we had like a safe word when we were, if we were going to be in an argument, when it went from helpful to hurtful, because, you know, you got, ooh, child, let me gear up. I'm about yeah. to rip and destroy. And yeah. so our safe word was pineapples. So it'd be like, and another thing, he'd be like, pineapples. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? The rule of pineapples is like, all speaking ceases. You go to your mm. corner, I go to mine, you go to the man cave, I go upstairs, wherever. Right. And it's like, you said what now? Pineapple. Bulls, which man? Nope. Oh, man. I feel like, oh, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I, it gave me a moment to relax and woo and say, you was about to say something really hurtful, Tiffany. To your mm. teammate, y'all got the same jersey on. Yeah. If he lose, I lose. Yeah. And yeah. so Pineapples was like a saving grace to the point where we got so good at it, we were internally Pineapples ourselves. Because I'd be like, eh. in my head, I'd be like, Tiffany Pineapples, to myself. Mm -hmm. Pineapples, girl, you about to take it too far. And so, but these are the things like, like over time, you know, that like you just practice and you work on if you're wanting to go from like an okay marriage to a good yes. marriage to a great yeah. to exceptional. Yes. You know, every year, I mean, to, to your point, like the first five years for us was like, oof, dating, it was mm -hmm. a hot mess. And then we got better and better. And once we got really good at communicating, it was like, yep. we had like such an awesome, and even still, if he was still here. We were still growing. I was still yeah. like, oh, this, I could do this even better. Because I worked so much, he was really the type to be like, when I come home, I would love for my wife to be home, be like, daddy's home, you know, just to pause for a moment. Cause I'd be like, uh, uh -huh, okay, uh, food's in the fridge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how much it meant for him, for me to pause. Yeah. And just come and greet him. And how was your day? 20, 30 minutes, and I can get back to whatever. Absolutely. And so, like, learning those little nuances made all the, it's like there was nothing he wouldn't do because I made those, you know, those, those spaces for him. And so. And, and the thing is, it sounds so it sounds cliche, but it's true, right? Like, one one thing I, we talk about in the book is you have to stop comparing yourself to other people's relationships yeah. because the minute you try to tailor make your relationship to other people's expectations, you're gonna fail. Like, you can't be the greatest version of somebody else. They're already being the greatest version of themselves, and what works for you may not work for other people. So, seeking validation from other people about what you should do and your relationship is also a recipe for failure. For example, Kadeen and I have been on social media and also on television talking about our life, right? Of course, people have commentary. I would never put up with that. I would never do this. I would never do that. Mm. Most people get defensive 
and be like, I'm just sharing. How could you have these opinions about my marriage? I don't get offended about opinions about our marriage because people are entitled to have their opinions about what we do. But if it works for us, I'm not concerned about Taylor making my marriage to other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. For example, Tiffany just said she wants us, her husband wanted her to be like, hey, daddy's home. You know how many women would have been like, I ain't never calling no man daddy. I ain't no, 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 You don't have to. That's not your husband. I want to call yeah. my husband daddy. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the same thing for me. I talk about traveling. Kay wants to travel. We talked about our sex life. She loves to travel. We have better sex when we travel. You know how many guys are like, I ain't buying no plane ticket just to have sex with a woman who wants to be with her. You They're don't have out. to. <laughs> you don't, exactly. You don't have to. I'm not asking you to do that for your Listen, girl. I'm telling you what works for us. Vacation me, baby. So for us, it's like we do what works for us. We're unapologetic yeah. about it. We, I got some backlash because I said, listen, when I come home at night, I want my wife with some poom poom shorts and a, and a crop top. And I want my food made so that I can be the best provider I can be. Of course, women will be like, this ain't the 50s. Da, 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 da. I'm not telling you that you have to do that for your man. What I'm saying is this is what we, works for us. She enjoys dressing we up. Enjoy it, I enjoy yes. looking at it. I enjoy traveling <laughs> her. All the stuff y'all saying y'all would never do is not going to change the fact that we do this for each other. Yeah. So, yeah. so when we talk about that in the book, it's like, stop the whole couple's goals. People ask me all the time, who is your favorite couple goal millennials? I don't have one. Mm -hmm. I want to be the best version of the and Kadeen I could be. Like, I don't, I don't look at anybody in this generation or even before and say I aspire because I don't want to fall short. Like there are certain things, for example, Barack may do for Michelle. And I know this, for example, I know this for a fact. When we first got married, I used to look at couples and be like, that he do that for his wife and she gets excited about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it for my wife. And I would do it and Kaneem would just be looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, you know what your problem is? You ungrateful. So and so did this great wife, and they was excited, and she was just like, I didn't ask you to do none of this. Do that, and I was just yeah. like, what you mean you didn't ask? I was being thoughtful when I did it, and then I realized, like, why am I why am I going outward to find out what my wife wants, and why am I getting offended because my wife doesn't want what another woman wants? Why don't I just ask my wife what she wants? and do my best to provide it. The more I started to look inward and right here, mm -hmm. I'd be like, baby, what you need? What you need? What you want? The easier it became as opposed to guessing by looking at other people. So I, I just want people when they read the book and when they think about relationships, stop thinking about everybody else. Yeah. Focus here. Just focus here on what you got and do your best to be that version for that person because that's the person you chose. Well, on that note, we really want to thank Kadeen and Deval Ellis for coming on the show. If you do not have it already, We Over Me, the counterintuitive yes. approach to getting everything you want from your relationship. It is a New York Times bestseller, which is oh. rare upon rare upon rare upon rare upon rare. Yeah. Rare. Don't know how to do that, especially black people on the cover. Look at this black. Look yeah. at this. I wouldn't say chocolate. I would say more peanut butter, caramel. That means I have to get travel soon. Listen. So where can they, if they want to purchase this book, where can they purchase it? And then where can they find y'all to continue the conversation? 
For sure. Well, the best place to get the book we've realized so far has been um, bookshop.org. This is a great way to uh, support a local bookstore, independent yes. stores in your area. So bookshop.org, mm-hmm. Amazon, of course, Barnes, Barnes and, and Nobles, Nobles, wherever you get your books. You can find me. I'm Kadeen. I am on Instagram. And I just started TikTok in my big age, y'all. So be <laughs> with me. Try to figure it out. Um, and then our podcast page, Deadass, uh, the podcast on Instagram. Yes, and I am Deval. And I'm used to doing this for the podcast. And if you're listening on Apple Music, be sure to rate, <laughs> review, and subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> we're on channel two now. Yeah, you can where subscribe. Where you can subscribe to Patreon for more long content from us. So yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so y'all much, so much for sharing your yeah. life. No, we appreciate y'all, man. This was a dope conversation. Yeah, dope yeah. conversation all day. Always good times. And sure. Tiff, we miss you, yo, man. Like, you used to be on the show all the time. You I know. People sick of me. They're like, not budget this lady again i'm oh, like no, whatever don't be a hater no you've always been one of our highest rated yeah, sh- shows every every time you're on people be requested. like i got because you always drop so many gems and mm-hmm. like people especially black and brown people need to understand how important financial security is and how they can gain Maybe. access to it like mm-hmm. people just think i got to be an athlete or entertainer to make money and build wealth no you don't <laughs> no you don't mm-hmm. tiffany has dropped so many gems on us that we've applied to our life and been like oh shit you see that work <laughs> and i'm telling you tiffany what what you do is amazing we appreciate you mandy it's yes. good to get to know you i'm pretty sure we can build our relationship and sure. congratulations to you yes. i can tell Thank in you. your heart that you're an amazing woman and you yeah. want to be an even more amazing woman for your family and especially your husband so keep working at it and, and hopefully he's doing the same on his end listen these hormones will make me start crying so let me i, know, I was gonna say lord okay <laughs> <laughs> I can feel the, the I can feel the prickles. <laughs> well, thank, Aww, you. thank I, you so much. We hope that you love the show. BA listeners, you know, we be having the best people on here. So go ahead and support We Over Me. You know, find Kadeen Deval on social, listen to their podcast Dead Ass, and we're gonna see you next week. Yes, right, ma'am. Bye y'all. Hi, BA fam. Hey, 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 BA fam. We're on YouTube. Woohoo! Thank you so much for watching. Please like this video and subscribe to the channel. And while you're at it, why don't you go over to that little bell icon and just tap that for us. Show the BA fam how much you love us. And that way you'll also get notifications when new videos drop. Also share the channel with a friend. We're always like, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And thank y'all so much again for all the support. Hey, BA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru, and I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host, and I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.